Indiana let Hoosier fans experience just about every emotion on Sunday, but ultimately the hot and cold Hoosiers come away with a victory at the barn in Minnesota. They're two for two in must-win games. Let's recap this one today. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Monday, February 28th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rood. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers part of your day, specifically your first listen every day. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you're listening. Also, a reminder that we're available on YouTube. We post our episodes there every morning at 7 a.m. Can hang out there, chat with IU fans, make that part of your morning. Uh, Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Again, another wild one the Hoosiers had to sweat out when it comes to covering. I bet on IU minus four. I did not expect to sweat that one out at the end. Thank you, Xavier Johnson, for that last free throw. Uh, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We've mentioned it in passing. Boy, what a wild, wild win for the Hoosiers on uh, Sunday. They look to be cruising, look to be done and dusted. They were up 27 points. Uh, I would say it was past the midway point of the second half. And then everything kind of came crumbling down. IU took the uh, foot off the gas uh, and then some. And when you're playing a team like Minnesota, who can shoot as well as they can, they caught fire. It was uh, was stressful. I was trying to think of the right adjective. It was stressful those final uh, about six minutes. But ultimately, the Hoosiers come away with the victory. Uh, We're going to dive into how and why, all that fun stuff. Before we do that, again, a reminder, subscribe to us wherever you're listening to your favorite podcasts at. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. We're doing halftime spaces for every game, and we're going to continue to do that through however long the season is. Uh, Also, follow us on Instagram at LockedOnHoosiers. We are credentialed for the Women's Basketball Tournament. Uh, later this week. We're going to talk about that uh, in today's episode, but uh, I'll be posting stuff there as well uh, when we are at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Before we touch on anything with the women's Big Ten basketball tournament, let's dive into this men's game. Uh, Ultimately, the final score is Indiana 84, Minnesota 79. Uh, (laughs) Far from indicative of what this game was like at the 821 mark of the second half rob Finnessy knocked down a three-pointer i believe his second three-pointer iu goes up 70 to 43 from then on it was chaos uh minnesota outscored indiana 36 to 14 the rest of the way made certainly made a game of it and boy it it got hairy. Ultimately, if you look at the win probability charts, Indiana's win probability never dropped below 
85, 90%. It didn't feel like that in the moment. <laughs> it, it felt like, uh, <clears throat> everything was going haywire, but ultimately the Hoosiers do hang on to the win. Um, a lot of standout performances on the day. Overall, the Hoosiers finished uh, the game with 1.24 points per possession. That is their, I believe, their second highest point per possession mark offensively, obviously, since uh, I think Merrimack was the only other one that that happened. <laughs> so to do that, uh, not just in the Big Ten, not just on the road, but backs firmly against the wall. Listen, for for everything that happened on Sunday, for how stressful that was, this team is responding when they absolutely have to. Uh, they, I said this during the halftime show. This is fully survive in advance mode. No matter what it takes, no matter how it gets done, uh, I'm not really worried about how sustainable something is at this point in the season. Just win it. And... That's what I said at halftime when Xavier Johnson was uh, balling out again. We'll talk about him, obviously. I said that's probably not sustainable. Neither was a three-point shooting, but IU needs to treat this half by half or even kind of four-minute segment by four-minute segment. However it needs to be, this is simply just survive in advance mode. And uh, so the Hoosiers saw it out in that uh, second half, and it was Harry. Uh, but from the, uh, yeah, about the point for the last 15 minutes of the game, uh, the win probability never dipped below 92%. Uh, there was a brief moment. It dropped to 96%, but, uh, outside of that, it never, it never really dipped. So as, <laughs> as stressful as that felt for most of that second half, IU was still in control. I know there were some complaints about Mike Woodson not calling a timeout during that stretch. A lot of this you can argue in hindsight, but um, there, I'm very much in the camp of figure it out. And the Hoosiers got themselves into that situation and they needed to figure it out. And uh, they, Ultimately did. It didn't come until after a timeout, uh, but Mike Woodson talked about it after the game. Again, he used that favorite phrase, learning how to win. He said this seems learning how to win and they needed to figure it out. I'm for that. Obviously, I might feel differently if IU blows that lead and loses. If they blow that lead and lose, I don't think my first complaint would have been whether Mike Woodson should have taken a timeout Uh in the final minutes of a game IU led by 27 points in late February. I'd have a lot of complaints about other things along the way, but ultimately they come away with the win. Xavier Johnson, a huge reason for that. Uh, he continues his really strong play, 24 points, seven to 16 shooting four of six from three, all those in the first half tied his season high eight assists, six rebounds, went six to nine at the line, hit some big ones when they mattered. He, he led IU to this one. Uh, another kind of quiet performance from Trace, even though it's 14 points, eight rebounds, three assists, a uh, couple blocks, a couple steals. He was in foul trouble late on a really weak charge call. Ultimately, though, uh, it was Xavier Johnson again that led this team to a victory. Uh, 
Um, we'll talk specifically about him and a couple other guys whose performances stuck out on the night here in just one moment. We mentioned today's sponsor, uh, Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic. Well, it says (laughs) Olympics are over. Uh, So they have everything you need. They were there. Uh, when the Olympics were going on, they'll be there no matter what is going on. Uh, head to the website today and use your mobile device uh, to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Let's start with Xavier Johnson uh, when we're talking about a couple players who stood out on the day. Again, his just every everything he's doing right now is is working so well. Uh, he we mentioned twenty four points, eight assists, six rebounds, maybe the two most important numbers. Uh, one turnover, one foul, and that foul came relatively early in the game. It was a silly play, um, maybe. Maybe a foul that shouldn't have been called. Maybe you can argue his hand shouldn't have been there. It was a three-shot foul. Regardless, that was it. Ironically, it comes on a day when Rob Finnessy's back. We'll talk about him in a minute. But he wasn't in foul trouble. He played 31 minutes, stayed on the court when I needed him. Uh, I thought one of the biggest things was that first half, the shot's falling. He's knocking down three-pointers. In the second half and late in the game, he wasn't settling for those three-pointers that were going in. He had a wild shot at one point um, during that Minnesota run. It's hard to single him out because a lot of guys struggled during that run. Trace had two or three turnovers uh, during that stretch. Everybody was really struggling. But the control he was playing with offensively was calming or almost reassuring I wanted the ball in Xavier Johnson's hands. There's been a lot of times this season I did not want the ball in Xavier Johnson's hands late in the game. I'll be the first to admit it, but that's where I wanted the ball. Uh, I thought back late in the game, IU kind of ran the the prevent offense. Xavier just standing at midcourt as the clock ticked down about 15 seconds. Uh, and I thought back to the Nebraska road game where that was the last time I really remember – IU kind of running the clock out like that uh, until late in the shot clock and just how different of a performance and how kind of far Xavier's come uh, in that short span, relatively short span this season. And that game, nobody was playing well. IU was crumbling. I believe I came on here and said, you got to change something with the point guards because it is broken and it is not working. Again, we'll gladly eat crow because since that game, Rob Finnessy let us to a win over Purdue, and Xavier Johnson has led us in back-to-back wins and must-win games. So, listen, I'll eat crow. Uh, Whatever uh, saying you want to do, I was wrong. But I just thought back to that moment and how far he had come, how much trust I had in him in that moment to make the right play, and he did. He blew by his defender, got to the rim, got fouled. Uh, He made his 
made enough free throws down the stretch. Uh, for the for Indiana, I mean, relatively speaking, fourteen to twenty at the free throw line. Um, listen, they 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 did just enough to make it hairy, but uh, that's a decent performance for this Indiana team at the line. Um, so big shout out to Xavier. He's absolutely leading this team right now, um, and they need it. Uh, not just because of not because of anybody else playing poorly. Somebody just has to be stepping up right now with the season on the line. And the season has been on the line two games in a row, and Xavier Johnson has stepped up and been the best player on the court at both games. Um, and IU has wins in both games, so and that's not a coincidence. Uh, briefly mentioned Rob Finnessy. He returned. He was on a minutes limit, only played 10 minutes on the night. Uh, he looked decent, eight points, three of six shooting, two of four from three. He he was aggressive, which I think was uh, a positive and reassuring. Uh, when he's kind of aggressive looking for his shot, I think he looks a lot better. But he hadn't practiced, Mike Woodson said after the game, so you, he couldn't you couldn't really throw him out there for a lot. It was his first game in a month, um, and he. He looked he looked fine. I mean, IU's going to need him going down the stretch. I don't know if he'll get a ton more minutes uh, on Wednesday. He'll he'll have a couple practices, but it's not like that conditioning's going to come back right away. Uh, he'll probably slowly ramp up. But just having a backup point guard is is nice considering where IU's been without him over the last month. Um, a lot of guys stepped up in various ways. Uh, briefly mentioned Miller Cop second half. Uh, was big in getting IU that 27-point lead. Uh, he knocked down – he had 10 points, crossed 1,000 career points, had some big shots. Um, Tamar Bates continues to play well, 13 minutes, uh, five points, three rebounds. I thought he looked good out there. Race Thompson, I mean, what what more can you say? Uh, I, I, I mean, he finishes eight points, six rebounds, two assists. I, that never tells the whole story with his game, and uh, I loved what he did. The guy I want to single out, though, to end it, Jordan Geronimo, 13 minutes. I would have liked to see him get more. Uh, I always want to see Jordan Geronimo get more because he's such a unique and special, I, I should say like a gifted athlete, basically, uh, that I always want to see him play more minutes. But he made some big plays. He had a, a crazy dunk where he got – it was in transition. He got the pass that kind of stopped his momentum. And he still just took one step, two-foot jump from – I mean, it seemed like it was just inside the free throw line and throws it down. Um, he had a, an offensive rebound put back as well where it was just kind of right place, right time. Uh, he finished, as I said, 10 points, four or five shooting three rebounds. Uh, he, he had a block as well. Again, if you want to talk crazy athleticism, his block was just springiness. There's so much that reminds me about OG Ananobi with him. Just that crazy athleticism that you're trying to harness in the right ways. He has these basketball instincts that give you faith he'll be able to do it. Like, not many people make that block he had, and I know it's a small thing, but that kind of shows some of the basketball instincts he has. Um, and if he can harness that, similar to OG, how OG did, I mean, we saw what type of impact OG eventually had uh, on the team in his short time 
uh, with the program. So crazy athleticism, solid minutes off the bench from both Tamar and Jordan Geronimo. Uh, those were the two that played the most minutes off the bench. Um, Michael Durr got in there a bit, but that was mainly during the run that Minnesota went on, unfortunately, for him. Um, but ultimately, I, this was a team effort. We mentioned that it was their best points per possession outing, um, and that is that was the whole team doing that. A lot of guys scored on the day. Uh, I believe everybody but Michael Durr scored that played. Um a lot of guys hit three-pointers on the day. Xavier Johnson, Miller Cop, Parker Stewart, Rob Finnessy, Tamar Bates all hit three-pointers as well. So that was a great team effort. They, I said it at halftime that um, IU was going to have a cold stretch and Minnesota was going to have a hot stretch because Minnesota shot was – they shot 33% from three in the first half. That was below their season average by some amount. And IU shot 50% from three in the first half. That was miles above their season average. That was They were both going to flip. They were going to bo- both go closer to the their season averages. It happened. I didn't expect it to happen to the degree it did. Uh, but during that run, uh, I didn't think IU played particularly bad defensively. They were defending a lot of those shots just fine. And that's something that Mike Woodson said. Uh, is why he didn't call a timeout is because they were playing good defense on a lot of those three-pointers, but uh, whether it was Peyton Willis um, or I think uh, Eric or EJ Stevens, excuse me, uh, knocked down some contested three-pointers. Jamison Battle had a couple three-pointers. That's just a good three-point shooting team. And They missed some open ones in the first half. They made some contested ones in the second half. Uh, It it evened out. It might have been maybe a little more in favor of of Minnesota with some of those shots they made. But ultimately, Hoosiers come away with the win. And it was an important one for all the reasons that we've said. And it now sets up a kind of do-or-die game against Rutgers on Wednesday. Uh, We're going to talk plenty about that this week, uh, but we need to kind of briefly recap the IU women's team, uh, their game from Friday. They wrap up the regular season with a loss, really struggling right now. Uh, We're going to recap that, where the Hoosiers stand going into the Big Ten tournament, talk a little bit about what's in store for the podcast this week, because it's going to be a busy one. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, as I said, we're going to be in Gamebridge Fieldhouse for the women's basketball tournament. So we'll get you kind of caught up on what to expect uh, this week. Speaking of this time of year, this week, it's about the time I usually give up on my New Year's resolutions. Not this year, guys. I'm sticking to it. I'm going to eat right. And that's a large part thanks to Built Bar. I mean, it really doesn't even feel like I'm... Uh, it's a new year's resolution because I just enjoy them so much. Uh, my favorite thing about them is all the flavors they have. Uh, we talk about that all the time. They're delicious. Despite that, most things that are, that taste good are not good for you. Built bars, the exception, they are low in calorie, high in protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. They're better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most built bars contain 
130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Uh, compare that to whatever your favorite candy bar is. It's going to be better for you. You can go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. As I said, high protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Uh, my personal favorite flavor is cookies and cream right now. They have a white chocolate cookies and cream limited time flavor uh, this month. This month is almost over, so you guys need to get over there if you're going to order it. Uh, they also have mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. They have all kinds of stuff. They're adding new stuff, limited time, all the time. So make sure you head to built.com, see what's available. Uh, if you think a flavor will be delicious, they will probably have it. Um, while you're over there, once you pick out whatever flavor it is that you want, uh, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Uh, let's talk about this women's basketball team. Uh, the Hoosiers have limped to the finish line. They are the definition of limping to the finish line. On Friday, they fall to Maryland. It is their fourth loss in the last five games. They lost 67-64. They made it interesting late, uh, but ultimately something that continues to plague them is they built too big of a hole early on. Really, really struggled the first quarter, uh, and they won the final three quarters, but it wasn't enough to come away with the win. Um, did everything they could in that fourth quarter to try to come away victorious, but ultimately, uh, like I said, the hole was too big. Again, continued uh, to struggle. Mackenzie Holmes, again, it's great to have her back, and this is going to be fine in the long run. In the short term, fresh off playing, Monica Sonano, uh, one of the best forwards in the Big Ten. Angel Reese was who she was matched up against on Friday. Also one of the best forwards and players in the Big Ten. She had 20 points and 16 rebounds. Uh, absolutely dominant. Uh, she it, And that isn't even to put it all on Mackenzie Holmes. Uh, she beat everybody that Indiana threw at her. Um, again, Holmes is working her way back. She's going to get some much-needed time to kind of recover this week, but ultimately the Hoosiers uh, really let this one get away in terms of the Big Ten title. They had a two-game lead at one point uh, before that first Iowa game and proceed to lose their final three games of the season. The Big Ten had a wild ending. Ultimately, Ohio State and Iowa share the Big Ten title. Honestly, Going into that, those final four or five games that we talked a lot about, those would have been the two teams I would have put at the as the least likely. Um, it sure seemed like Michigan was peaking at the right time. Maryland was on a hell of a run. Indiana had a two-game lead at one point. Uh, but Iowa smacked Michigan, as some of you might have saw before that IU game, uh, to clinch a share of the title. Ohio State kind of came out of nowhere, makes that win Indiana had against them early in the season on the road look all that much better, but those two share the Big Ten title. Here, The Big Ten women's basketball bracket is going to look like this. Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan, and Maryland receive your double buys in that order. Indiana gets a single buy. They, will, um, they are the five seed, Nebraska the six seed. There's a pretty big 
I won't say big gap. There's a there's a gap between the top five and then the rest of the field. IU is going to play on Thursday. Uh, they will play the winner of Rutgers and Penn State, the 12-13 matchup. Uh, they will IU will play. So Purdue, the nine seed, plays Michigan State, the eight seed, at 11:30 a.m. on Thursday. IU will play 25 minutes after that game. It'll be on the Big Ten Network. As I said, we're going to be there. As long as Indiana's there, we're going to be there this week. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, we will be giving you live updates. We're going to be doing Locked On Now reactions from Gainbridge Fieldhouse. It's an exciting time, going to be a fun time. But it would have been a lot more fun. Hoosiers get that double buy and aren't playing until Friday. Uh, if Indiana beats Rutgers or Penn State, which they beat both of them uh, during the regular season, uh, they will face Maryland, which might be a little bit fitting because uh, I think those two teams deserve a rubber match. The first two games were uh, a lot of fun. And the uh, the Hoosiers um, will get a chance potentially uh, a little best of three series. I did misspeak. Uh, I once I said it, I went and looked. Indiana did not play Rutgers. That was the one game that was not made up. It was postponed and not made up. Uh, so Indiana did not play Rutgers. They did play Penn State and won by thirty. Uh, so it's hard to say anything's too confident right now with how Indiana struggled. But I would imagine they'll win that one. If they do, it's going to set up a really fun game on that Friday between Indiana and Maryland. Uh, should they win that, they would play. Uh, potentially Ohio State, I assume Ohio State, uh, they will play the winner of Ohio State versus the Purdue-Michigan State winner on Saturday, and then they would play the championship game on Sunday. That's a, it's a lot of looking ahead. What you need to know is Indiana plays on Thursday. Uh, if I had to guess, around 1 o'clock-ish uh, at GameBridge, it'll be on Big Ten Network. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. We are going to... Uh, for Tuesday's episode, we're going to do the preview of the IU Rutgers game. On Wednesday's episode, we're going to mix or switch things up a bit. We're going to, uh, I believe, bring on a special guest to preview the Big Ten tournament. Thursday, we'll recap the um, the IU Rutgers game. Hopefully, a win that should secure IU a tournament spot. And then Friday's episode, we'll recap that IU. Big Ten tournament game, get you ready for IU-Purdue men's game. So it's going to be a busy, busy week. Subscribe, guys. We'll keep you updated on everything. Thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Uh, now for your second listen, head on over to the Locked on Draft NFL Draft podcast. Uh, Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis. Uh, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast app. Appreciate all the love. You guys killed it last week. I hope we can kill it again this week. Again, one more time, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. Leave a rating and review. Helps us out a ton. You guys know the deal. Most importantly, have a great Monday, everybody. And LEO.